What is that? I have the first two movies. Oh my goodness. <laughs> there's like six of them. Folks, if there's some movie out there that you've seen that you feel like nobody else has seen, I guarantee you Nick has seen it. In fact, <laughs> Nick owns it. <laughs> Probably two copies even, so... Well, I own one and two. Does that count as two copies? I think you've made your mission to have the most obscure movie collection of all time. Just like all, like, like I mean, the fact that you own The Neighbor, I mean. <laughs> so the funny thing about how I got Evil Bongs one and two is, remember how they used to do the random ass horror collection DVDs? Like with 10 movies? 10 yeah. movies. Completely random horror movies. Just so happens I found it and I bought them both. Wow. And it came with Evil Bong 1 and Evil Bong 2. Now I need to find me an Evil Bong 3 now and you, 4 and 666 and 5. Wow. Usually when they have those movies grouped together, it's because they all suck. Now, was that your experience? Were they, was it, were they trash? Oh, they're very trash. Okay. Well, hey. I, I mean, mean, it's movies about a killer bong that is actually in the shape of a hookah. Ooh. Wait, no. And they still call it a bong. Wow. My ancestors would be so disappointed. Yes, they would be. They're... Great creation the hookah used for the purpose of getting high. As an evil bong. As an evil bong. Did it kill people? Yes, but sort of. What wow. it would do is it, it would transport you into the bong world. Then it would f- slowly feed on your soul to give itself power. Shit. And it did that by different bras that the strippers used to kill people with. See, the problem is now when I smoke my hookah, I'm going to be having these fantasies about the hookah coming to life and killing me and terrorizing my family. So thank, thank you very much for that, Nick. You're very welcome. So today, of course, there's no way to guess this, but today we're doing Idle Hands. Yes, that killer bong movie. Well, no, it's not really a killer bong movie. That movie where the hand take, where, the I, hand is possessed. So. Yeah, I was about to say, where does a killer bong even come in at? No, there's no killer bong. This movie has a lot of stuff in it, but the one thing it does not have is a killer bong. No, this movie is a horror comedy. And it has a pretty decent cast, I might add. I would argue it's a comedy horror. Which one do you think comes first, Sarah? This comedy. Yeah, I feel like it's a comedy with horror elements versus a horror movie with comedic elements. Wait, there's horror in this movie? Well, we're gonna get to it. But there's at least one scene that's horror. That's horror, and some of that, the rest of it is horrific. The movie literally has Jessica Alba and Seth Green and Vivica A. Fox. And my. MVP from the late 90s, Mr. Devin Sawa himself. Yeah, no one cares a shit about him. Wait, I mean, listen. <laughs> you know, when we did the Final Destination podcast, I was hyped up because I was uh, reminded about how awesome Devin Sawa was back in the 90s. Now, the reason why I said that back then was because he did these two movies back to back. He did Idle Hands and then Final Destination. And then, of course, he fell off the face of the earth. But I feel like these two movies back to back really cement him as not a horror icon, but... He was a, notable, a notable face in the genre. He was, a, he was your boy band crush, wasn't he? No, man. <laughs> that was 98 Degrees. Or, oh, okay. No, I'm just playing. There was no boy band crush. A girl band crush. Yeah, and, Spice Girls don't count. What? Never mind. Never mind, all right? I have a high appreciation for one Mr. Devin Sawa and the fact that he's going to be in the new Child's Play series. I'm very excited to see him come back. So. And I have a huge fascination with Jessica Alba. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's a predictable way to go. And, you know, yeah. And then we have, you're right, the cast is pretty fantastic. And then you got Vivica Fox in a very small side role. Yeah. It's kind of random that she's in this. Like, Or how she acts in this movie. Just seriously, what what was the direction for her? It's like everything you say, make it loud, proud, and just over the top. My question is... What does she do? Like, is she... Every time I see a character who say, like, traveling the country hunting demons or like that, I'm just like, 
Does she have money? Like, what does she do for a job? Like, how does she sustain herself? Oh, that's right. You still have not watched Supernatural. It's called credit card scam, sir. Oh, that's what she's doing. Okay. Yes. It's not her fault they send it to him. It's her fault that she, you know, actually gets the money. I think that's the kind of stuff that the writers feel like, well, nobody cares about this. So we won't include this in the movie. But I care about that kind of stuff. I want to know if she's going to be in a van driving the country fighting the forces of evil, how she's sustaining herself, how she's paying her gas money and buying food and stuff. So the so the show Supernatural explains all of this. It's in the same uh, genre. Oh, yeah. And, and, and which season is that, buddy? Because I'm, I'm going to have trouble going through season 57 tells, seasons to find that. The very first episode tells you how they get by. That's fine, all right? Maybe I'll watch the first episode. <laughs> You'll watch 17, all of it. 17 seasons, I think, now. For not. one, there's 15. Get it right. Yeah, if I ever get stuck on a desert island like the movie, like the TV show Lost, and then with all the free time and nothing else to do, then I'll see if someone else on the island has all 17 seasons of Supernatural. 15. And then we'll have to find a TV and a DVD player also. But maybe. 15. 15. That's, not 17. That's 10 too many. Five. Five is the perfect ideal length for a TV show. Five was the original ending for that show. Oh, well, they should have stuck with that. And the producer's like, nah, we want to keep it going. For ten more seasons. Well, I, I mean... I don't like this producer. So, apparently, the, the backstory to that is every year uh, after season five, the producers and the actors actually ask the fans, do you all want to see more? Mm. And if a majority of them said yes, they would continue. Suckers like you drug, drug the show out probably 19 seasons too long. So, all right, let's stop. 15. Let me, let me stop, <laughs> stop criticizing Supernatural, a show that I've not seen. I'm, I'm about to make you. 15 seasons? How are you going to watch 15 seasons? I will bring the DVDs over next time, and we will see. And we're going to sit here for six months and watch them? <laughs> Clear my schedule for six months. Okay. Hey, I mean. Get your PTO ready. You know, I don't, who needs a job? I'll, I'll do whatever Vivica Fox is doing and just get by that way. So Exactly. So credit card scams. Oh yeah, I'm down with that. I mean, just show me how to do it, and then, you know, on the side we can watch Supernatural. We can go hunting demons. Certainly, somewhere in America, there's somebody with a possessed hand who we need to take out. We'll go find them and kill them. Now let's plan, so. let's go with uh, a little bit more seriousness, not just a hand. Which also, we never get any kind of explanation on why the demon actually wants. You're telling me this kid is not as is the laziest person in the world? There's definitely no explanation at all. No, because even his friends are lazier than him, I would say. So <sighs> too lazy to go go to hell or go go to heaven. So all right, let's take it back though. These are questions we'll answer as we go through the movie. Like the opening credits. Why does it look like a horror theme? Yeah, I was confused watching this opening scene. If you watch it for the first time, you definitely think you're about to watch a serious horror movie. A good one, too, because I love this opening scene. With Fred Wilson. Fred Wilson, yeah. Not to be confused with Fred Ward, the guy from Tremors. Nope. Who the hell's Fred Wilson, though? I feel like I've seen him in other movies, but... You have. He just plays a bunch of side characters or the dad that no one gives a shit about. Ah, it sounds like his role in this movie. Exactly. All right, then. Because we don't even get to see his death. What about the mom? What do you know about her? She dies. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, hey. <laughs> and also... You, you really dug deep in the research for that one. You went on Wikipedia, didn't you? So, the weird thing about the mom, at least with her death, is it made no sense to me. Okay. I don't, Explain. So, she gets pulled in the bed, and then all of a sudden a bunch of blood splurts out. Okay, cool. Yes. What wound, when we see the body, what wound suggests that amount of blood shooting out? I felt like whatever happened to Johnny Depp and Nightmare on Elm Street happened to her. I don't know. Okay. So he's in the house, basically. Now, what I don't understand is, this is something we don't see for the rest of the movie at a certain point, but these early things where he's killing people, he's not conscious of it? 
Pretty much. The hand has basically somehow took over his whole body and his mind. That seems unexplainable because... Because it never happens again. It doesn't happen again, yeah. It literally happens either off screen or with the parents, but never does it happen again. Like the hand apparently waits till he's asleep and then he can take over his whole body. It doesn't make sense. Like when he kills his friend, like the cops, all that, he's conscious for those. Mm-hmm. He, he can see and fight his hand, but... Very badly, I might add. But these opening things, he can't do it, so... The parents both meet an untimely demise. We also don't know where the parents are when Devin Sawa wakes up. Yeah. How the hell is the cat in the room with him? I don't know. Uh, the cat's possessed. And he sleeps like in the attic? Yeah. What so, the hell? So that should... That's a big size house. Why is he in the attic? So that pretty much... Maybe like just likes the attic. And he's, so, an only, he's an only child. So that pretty much tells me one thing. Uh, that's a big clue as to who the killer is right then and there. How's yeah. the cat up in the attic when the night be when the supposed night before we see the parents die? You know, we're bl- to believe he's up in the attic. True. You know, when he wakes up in the morning, he comes downstairs. He's making a cereal. He's like, Mom, the milk is gone, and all this stuff. I don't know if they're just trying to establish him as like being so... Oblivious. And clueless in the Noah's world. Well, remember, he's also a stoner. He could also be coming down off of a high. Yeah, That but, we later find out he is, because now he wants more high. Okay, I get that. But as this day goes on, and in his mind, his parents are supposed to be home, and he hasn't seen them all day. He's like on his couch doing his own thing. At a certain point, you got to start to be like... Well, here's, here's the, the part... I'm trying to, I'm curious, how many days have actually passed since his parents died for, because all of a sudden, yeah, they're talking about Halloween and it, making it sound like Halloween was that night. Yeah. But then all of a sudden Halloween's like a few days later, a few days and or actually the next day. Do we actually see Halloween? Because yeah. Uh, there's, that, a, there's a Halloween dance, but do we see trick or treaters? Anything suggesting that it's actually Halloween? No. Yeah, it's just Halloween season. So the other thing is, is uh, he's talking to his friends and he goes, when he's starting to realize what that, uh, you know, the killer is possibly he in his does, house. He doesn't realize there's a murder on the loose. They have to tell him about the killer and he's like, he's like, what are you guys talking about? Right. There's oblivious and there's like literally like, this dude hasn't left And this attic. is after watching the news about two people who died. I don't understand. Like, but, uh, even his friends know about it. But he even mentioned that, you know, his parents weren't at home for days. Yeah. So explain to me what the timeline for this movie is supposed to be right now. So your parents have been gone for days. You're still getting the serum. Be like, Mom, the milk is out. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, how high do you have to be to not realize what's going on? One problem I had the movie that felt unrealistic. His whole reaction to his parents being killed and the treatment of that. It's so like laid back and so like, I don't care that my parents died. Well, he did freak out a little bit. Mainly when his friends found out. I honestly feel like. They showed him more depressed when his friends died than when his parents died. Well, I really feel that way. And actually, well, the movie shows that. When when he buries his parents and his friends, he does uh, he, he does give a eulogy of sorts. Yeah, he, but think about it. I mean, maybe they were, just weren't close because the fact that they've been missing for days and like he doesn't he care less. <laughs> like He's just like, hey, my, I haven't seen my parents in a long time. Well, he's too busy trying to avoid Jessica Alba, who's riding, who has a moped slash bike uh, motorcycle. Yep. So Jessica Alba plays Molly. Molly, who is a lyricist slash poet, who slash lives next extremely to, beautiful woman. 
too beautiful. But we'll get back. We'll get into that a little bit later because <laughs> it's one of my complaints about the movie. How is she a complaint? It's not with her. It's just the casting of the movie. Well, you know who else we should probably introduce this time because there's actually something I want to bring up for this one scene. We get to meet Vivica A. Fox. Yes, we do. We find, and the scene I want to mention, she's uh, trying to figure out the uh, the way the whereabouts of this de- of the demon. Yeah, she has the map. And but and the map is supposedly supposed to make out a pentagram. Right. The part that annoys me is. If you're paying attention, you'll see that one of the X's is not in the actual diagram of the pentagram. Wow. So I technically, that circle she drew should look should have a point, almost like a star, another star in mm. it. So she ends up, she should end up in the wrong state, basically. <laughs> exactly. This all doesn't make any sense. Um, There's a lot of things that don't make sense with this movie. No, not at all. You're right. I think you have to be high to understand this movie. Well, yeah, I didn't time. think about that timeline thing, but you're right. I thought that opening scene was then we cut to the next morning when he's waking up because that's just logically what you would think. But, but you're right. He hasn't seen his parents in days. So yeah, so it has – and he doesn't classify how many days. And he doesn't go to school. So he's been cutting class basically. I think they mentioned basically he hasn't been to school in like a long time. Right. He doesn't even know about the school dance coming up. Right. So even if you were just completing your own world, you only came down from your attic to get food. And high. I still feel like you would notice. He does notice. That's the thing. He's conscious that he hasn't seen his parents in days. He just has no reaction to it. Because he doesn't care about his parents. And we're supposed to like this guy? Well, yeah, because he eventually chops off. the root for this guy? What he does. What is kind of son is he? He's a bad son. He's a good friend. Because at least he tried to kill his friends in the least painful way possible. Uh-oh, Except for Seth Green. Wait a Green. minute now. Except for Mick. Yeah, what about <laughs> Seth Green? Seth Green got a bottle to the head. He died almost instantaneously, it looked like. So we should mention that Seth Green and Eldon Henson. Eldon Henson. Plays friends. They basically are typical stoners. But they're good friends too. They come to check on him and basically end up getting killed for it. Yeah. But first, this is where we find out basically that he's the killer. They find a piece of his shirt on the body. And also they find ears from the twins that he murdered. And there's a weird thing here where... He matches the shirt and he's like, the killer was wearing me. His hand is glowing in the dark for some reason. And that again never happens again in the movie. Why is his hand glowing? So to be honest, I thought, at first I was thinking, okay, well the black light is showing blood on his hand. You know, like what the investigators use, they'll use a black light and it's supposed to show bodily fluids. Okay. The problem I have an issue with is there's no black light in his house. No. So where the fuck is this black light coming from? It's almost like the the demon the demon hand is like saying, "Hey, yeah, you figured it out or something." But it never happens again in the movie. And now a, a weird thing happens where yeah, now all the previous kills were basically he was not conscious for them, but now he's alive, conscious of them, and he can actually try to fight back against the hand while he's actually doing the kills. Right, but here's a, here's a uh, so after he pretty much kills his friends and they come back to life in a pretty funny scene, I might add. When they come out the grave? Oh, yeah. I don't understand why they hit him in the face with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> because he killed like, them. Seth Green comes out looking like pissed off, basically. He looks like really mean. The other dude is just like, hey, watch it, man. Like, he's not that mad. But they look like they're coming back to kill him. And then he gets hit in the head with a shovel. Yep. Why they? I don't understand why they hit him in the face. Well, they're not going to kill their friend. So the reason they came back. Just hilarious because basically... They said that they were, you know, at the gates of heaven. There's 
Enya music playing, which is hilarious because Enya music is kind of like that. Pre- you expect that to meet you, greet you at the gates of heaven would be Enya music. Really? Because what I expect greeting me at the gates of heaven <laughs> is five beautiful redheads, maybe some Jessica Alba, and five finger death punch. There's going to be a redhead for you, but it's going to be the devil because <laughs> you'll be at the gates of hell. <laughs> I'm fine with this. As long as the devil comes to me as a beautiful redhead. It's going to appear as that, but then it'll quickly transform into something else, I feel like. Um, nah. Yeah, but they felt like it was too far <laughs> to walk. <laughs> right. Which basically sums up their characters perfectly, I feel like. Well, I think that we already know the purpose of those characters the minute we see them. They're here to make us laugh and to be stoned. I mean, it's now, Seth Green. Now, I feel like with, I would say they had great makeup. Makeup was actually pretty damn good. I actually thought they definitely looked dead. Yes. And not just, and not like automatically like dead as in their body. You could see the tinge going into their faces that they started decom- decomposition. Yeah, absolutely. But I want to bring up... Uh, what kind of town allows this kind of police brutality to just attack the these uh, a lot cops times, sadly <laughs> attack a random high school kid? Now wait a minute. Now they don't just attack; they literally knock him off his damn bike. Wait a minute. You're talking about the police harassment scene. Yes. Now this is a common thing because they were bullied in high school. They were the the uncool kids. Now, oh yeah. Now they're taking out their their vengeance through their job. Well, at least uh, Anton gets his revenge on these guys well he does and the fact is to be fair to them they're outside his window they see him in there and they they correctly surmise that hey antoine's the killer they're correct in, in entering in and they yeah, should but, arrest him he should go to jail so. yeah but still also this scene is kind of annoying with the amount of jump cuts they use i know it's supposed to be funny because antoine's sitting there doing the uh uh, knitting so that way his hand cannot be idle anymore and he keeps going cough me put down the needles cough me put down the needles yeah and then you know needle ends up in one guy's face taser in the other guy's face these are amazing death scenes i will say this these are probably the best cops we've seen in all of horror movies yeah actually they were competent i mean they were stupid and definitely crossing the lines of harassment but they were competent and they were competently killed Please tell me you're trying to match the same sarcasm I was. No, I'm not. They were competent. (laughs) They They found the killer. Because they had a grudge against Devin and he just so happened to be the killer. So first what happens is Devin gets to be a lucky man in between his friends dying and coming back to life is we do get this weird transitioning implied sex scene. And I feel like that's a little bit too much for them just talking. Right. No, no, they were they weren't just talking. Yeah, they were making out, which is normal. But I'm not buying they actually had sex right then. Oh, I am. I just don't see that from her if she's really. That that's why I'm saying with her, they've they've written her in a very confused way because she's supposed to be like a deep lyricist poet. She's a damn sex doll. But she's that's also all she doll. is in this damn movie. Horrible. Bad casting. <laughs> but that oh, cast- no. I'm not mad they casted her. I'm just mad that they didn't do it correctly. They're they're trying to make her, they're trying to play both ways where she's like the dream girl, the, the model, but then she's also like a take a take charge, awesome girl next door. She only took charge in like one scene. Well, that was more than Tanya did. <laughs> so... And also, when the cops get killed, I just want to mention, they're watching a Rob Zombie music video. They are, absolutely. And I did want to mention also that at a certain point in the movie, uh, 
Eldon Henson and Seth Green are watching Dawn of the Dead. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah, I noticed that. I noticed it because I recognized the scene where the uh, zombie bites bites into his wife. And that's a good point to talk about basically just how much this movie borrows from all movies. I can definitely tell the writer is a huge horror movie fan because... There's so many things that remind me of their movies. Right, like the hand sharpening its nails and the sharpener and then curling them out made me think of Fred of Nightmare on Elm Street. Not like that, but there's a, a big, huge Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead 2 um, homage here, basically. The whole hand idea is from Evil Dead 2. Him cutting off his hand is definitely Ash from Evil Dead. Really? Because I thought the whole hand idea was the uh, was literally just taking the saying that Randy mentions in this movie. Oh, yeah, we never mentioned Randy yet, have we? Yeah, Randy's who just... Who the hell's Randy? Oh, yeah, okay. he's just a next-door neighbor who works on his Ford, and he tells Devin Sawa that the idle hands is a devil's plaything. Yes. Oh, I get that. But clearly, the hand... First of all, the hand... Um, Devin Sawa, when he's fighting with his hand, basically, that's all channeling Ash from Evil Dead. And the chopping off the hand is definitely Evil Dead, too. Hey, look at me. I'm Leatherface. There's that, which he unplugs the device. He doesn't break it. So why not just plug it back in? And said he has to lap off his hand, but just plug the damn thing back in. What are you doing? And I just want to mention the hand's still alive. Yeah, you know, the funny thing about these zombies, I'm going to call them zombies. I would have liked to see more of a progression of them becoming more zombie-like. Maybe they start, maybe they they'd eat the burrito and then they don't like it because now they're craving human flesh. Just some kind of progression there instead of this being flat characters. They're basically their human selves. They love burritos. They love getting high. I don't know. I mean, they're the, they're the undead. I would like to see a little bit more undead from them. Undead but, characteristics. Yeah, but then they would have to die. They are dead. <laughs> But now we also get another great acting from Vivica A. Fox. I hope you're being sarcastic when you say that. I think you are, but I just want to confirm. You're oh. being sarcastic. Right? Oh, I am. Because, I mean, if there's a book of, like, just definition in the dictionary of over the top, every scene with her in this movie is, like, so, the school of overacting, I would so say. So, her family, this is where we finally get some form of backstory. Her family... She's from a family of warrior nuns who are tasked to defeat an evil demon that goes into the that possesses the laziest people on earth. As stupid as that sounds, I would have liked to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, me, I don't know what we're getting here. I don't know what we're getting here, but yeah. We're getting her in a van traveling cross country to the wrong state probably as it should be yep. so the demon and basically i'm gonna surmise the demon hand it targeted eldon henson seth green they didn't answer the door so luckily found devon Sawa across the street so instead the hand decides now that it's free it's going to kill two random people having sex including a which i don't know what kind of kinky shit this woman's into but uh she apparently is used to having three or three hands on her at a time she wasn't phased at all no, she was not. She should have been guessing, like, why does my boyfriend have three hands? <laughs> no, nah, she didn't phase. She wasn't phased at all. Nope. And then the principals gets killed and probably in an extremely hilarious way. Well, you know, this stuff is funny, but it's, I just hate nameless characters getting killed. Like, you know, that's a pet peeve of mine. Oh, yeah. Introduce the character just to be killed off. So now they pretty much changed the story from a demon possession movie to a slasher. Yeah. And the thing is... All these death scenes... Slashers only work when we actually know the characters and kind of feel for them. Yeah, and there's no stakes here. It's like... 
Okay. None of the characters get even get hurt. Yeah, so there's we know there's a Halloween dance. He's going the Halloween dance to track down his hand. But who really cares? I mean, so far, from what I could tell, the hand is just going around killing off characters we don't like anyway. Exactly. They're all annoying. I mean, hell, the only two characters that are in the main cast get killed come back to life. So, again, what stakes, what do we have to worry about from these characters? There's Apparently, no, they can just choose not to go into the light. There's no stakes here at all. And then, I guess we should get to poor Tanya. No, well, first we have to get to Devin Sawa getting his ass kicked. Oh, yeah. Okay, so basically... <laughs> He runs into Vivica Fox, who... Proceeds to kick his ass. Well, yeah, but the thing is, what's funny is that she proceeds to tell him how she's here to help, and I can help you, Antoine. He's like, how? She's like, die! (laughs) You know, the plan, I guess, wishes to kill him? I mean, there's got to be a better plan than that, Vivica, come on. But then again, also, she doesn't doesn't realize that his hand's been cut off, and she's no longer attached to the demon. You'd think that'd be one of the first things she realizes, you know, runs up to him, looks down at the hand, because she's hunting the hand, not the person themselves, and be like, where is it? Coming from a long lineage of of, of nuns and everything like that, you think she's- Warrior nuns. Warrior nuns. You'd think she'd have a better plan than just to kill the guy. But what's hilarious about the scene is that poor Randy's with her, and when he's- well, because I don't think he knows what he's got himself into. When he sees her pull out the knife, he's like, isn't that a little bit excessive? But by the end of the scene, he's holding Devin Sawa. He's holding Antoine like, all right, go ahead, take him out. He's about to be accessory to murder. I mean, remember one of the, the scene where we actually meet him uh, oh, he's for real. On, he's hitting on the girl who, who's feeling bad about the, the twins. Yeah. And it made no and. and He's. It's just weird and uncomfortable, and everything with between him and Fever Gave Fox, the whole damn movie is uncomfortable. I think the. I think that especially that opening part is uncomfortable because I picture him being like a thirty year old, and he's like talking to high school girls. So exactly. There's more. No. Now we can get back to uh, Tanya being ripped up in a little piece and how it makes no fucking sense. Well, remember how I said that basically the demon hand is targeting the most annoying people they could find. Well, that's how someone. Well, Tanya. how is the two people having sex annoying? Because of the way they were dressed. He doesn't like goth, right? So. For one, they were dressed like Kiss. Yeah. Well, he's not, <laughs> he's not a Gene Simmons fan. Nobody is. So. Apparently not. That's when he saw the makeup and took him out. So It's basically killing off annoying people, I feel like. And Tanya, unfortunately, becomes the most whiny, complaining, would-be victim. Which also makes no sense because at the very beginning of the massacre scene, she's the one who goes, hey, let's get out through here. Yeah. It shows some form of uh, survival instincts, and then all of a sudden... It Disappears. Goes, yeah. She all of a sudden, I guess, gets switched out with another ca- actress. Jessica Alba, meanwhile, becomes MacGyver and is, like, putting rope together and, you know, tying knots and, and coming up with a plan for them to escape. But so Tanya doesn't follow. So, yeah, this this death scene makes no sense when so, you actually so, analyze it. So let's emphasize it. Basically, so Jessica Alba goes down. They've put a little... Um, a shoe in the in the in the fan to keep it from moving. Right. So there's a rope, and all Tanya has to do is just climb down the rope, or just jump down. It doesn't really matter which. But and instead, fall ain't that bad. Instead, the hand pulls up the rope, ties a knot with it, a noose, and puts it around her neck. And now she falls off and is hanging her. So now the hand is gonna take the shoe out of the fence, have it going, and now what happens in the movie is that. It pulls her up to the fan and tears the shreds, basically. Yes. And it, and it looks... I mean, obviously, we don't see... It's an off-screen kill, but, you know, you get the impact. Yeah. But uh, the part that makes no sense is um, the rope would have cut 
before she got to it. Right. So I understand. Wow, I, I didn't think about that. So I do understand that the hand, you know, was using the the uh, motor itself to pull her up. Right. Because the rope would have gotten just wrapped around it. But the problem is the blades would have just cut the knife, cut it straight through. If it can cut through a human, bo- human bone, it would be able to cut through a fucking rope. So basically, should have cut the rope. She should have fell down the ground, and her and Jessica Alba escaped to safety. Or the hand just jumps down and just claws the living hell out of her until she ends up goo. Easy, just poke her eyes out. Exactly. Well, like they had to get rid of Tanya, so you might as well do it in the most illogical way possible. I got a better, better idea. How about we just put Jessica Alba on top of a car, tied to it with a pentagram on the ceiling, and then Devin Sawa just rips off her dress. So one thing I want to mention here is that let's go back to we were talking about there's no stakes. So the movie tries to introduce stakes in the last 10 minutes with this sudden thing of, oh, at midnight, the hand is going to take her back to hell. Too little, too late. It's too late in the movie to introduce these stakes. <laughs> I don't care if she gets taken to hell. I don't care. Like, it's just and, too much at the end here. And also, here's the question. Does that mean anyone else that this hand kills did not go to hell? I mean, this hand could have killed so many other, could have taken so many other souls. In fact, it's killed so many people. You'd think those people would automatically end up in hell. Well, clearly, as we have, he's taken a liking to Jessica Alba specifically. Yeah. Because I think they framed in a way of like, oh, the part of the demon that was Antoine is into Jessica Alba and now wants to take her to hell. Which... Do you think the demon has a full body in hell? No. No? You think it's just a hand? I don't think it's a hand even. <laughs> The hand was the vessel it used to kill. So why does it... This is one thing... The movie makes no sense. Exactly. I mean, if we wanted to go in the backstory of the hand... We don't have one. So the hand, the fact that it's trying to find the laziest person, wouldn't the hand want to find the most evil person? No, Because, because then it wouldn't be fun. Yeah, but is, and it, also, is it fun for the hand when Devon Sawa starts fighting back? He could easily find somebody who's on board with it and be like, hey, yeah, let's go kill. Nah, I could see it more as the uh, killer be like, oh, no, I want this person for myself. You get the fuck out of my way. And, and So it would be more of a fight. But the hand likes, like, I think the purpose is the, the hand clearly is framing Devon Sawa because he's leaving clues behind. He leaves a piece of his shirt. He's leaving clues behind, so when the hand is doing the killing by himself, it's just like there's not framing anybody. It's just random. I don't know. Yeah, but how about we just get to this climax? Because uh, this is a pretty funny ending, in my opinion. Because you got the whole puppet master shtick with this one, with the puppet changing facial expressions. Yes, it was what the hell, man? Hilarious. That looks damn sinister looking puppet, man. It's damn sinister looking puppet until it gets high. So basically, Seth Green finds. Mighty Joe Bong, the tech classer, has put together this three three pong bong, and him and Elton Hansen both basically abandon helping and to, to get high, basically because which, it gives them power. It does they're, to their benefit, to their their credit, they're doing it for strength. Yes, but it gives Antoine the idea to gas now chamber. Ex- explain this to me. So <laughs> he blows the smoke into the puppet. Yes, was this to get the puppet high? Or to suffocate him with smoke. Hi. This is the dumb, the dumbest damn ending ever. <laughs> so the hand gets high that quick from one thing of smoke. So what I think it is, this is just me. This is the ultimate stoner movie, it really is. What I think it is, 
is um because the hand is still technically Devin Sawa's hand, Devin Sawa smoked the ball, which means he would get high. So the hand, in turn, would then feel the effects of that highness and get high itself. I like the explanation, but I wish that would have been exhibited and explained in the damn movie. You can't put that you're together. You're giving too much credit to this movie. Yeah, you can't put that. Well, no, I'm saying your explanation, you can't put that together. The movie literally movie. made Jessica Alba nothing but a sex doll. Yeah, I'm, okay. Well, this is, the, this, is the, oh. this is the kind of movie it's hard to criticize because it's meant to be stupid. So stupidity ensues and you're like, well, yeah, that was the point. Oh, yeah? Well, here's something not so stupid. Debbie kills the hand. What the hell, man? <laughs> what kind of damn ninja training has she had? Because she's a warrior nun. Of course she can throw. I don't throw care. It. She's the best damn knife thrower I've ever seen in my life. Exactly. And you know what she says right after killing the hand? It's time for the ritual sex. I mean, she literally turns to him and they start sucking face and then walk out of the room. Yeah, that's that's the last we see of them too. Oh yeah, and here's probably the funnier ending: a car drops on. Anton, after kissing Jessica Alba, you know, Anton in the hospital bed, being fed. Completely paralyzed. P- completely paralyzed. And don't worry, Jessica Alba will be leaving him very soon. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's got to find a real husband now. And, and 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 they were a fly-by-the-night relationship. They weren't like, there was no connection there. Well, he did save her, so now the knight in shining armor effect kind of puts goes into play. So she may stick with him for a little bit. She's 17. It's over by the time she's 18. Probably. And um, then you also find out that now the other two finally decided to make that long trek into heaven. But not before playing one final prank on Antoine. <laughs> the same way the movie starts. The damn black lighting words on the top of the wall. I'm under the bed. You know, it's a funny ending, but it's not the right... I didn't feel like the right ending. Because basically everybody's... I don't know. I mean, everyone gets a happy ending. My, I'm sorry. My I'm, man Antoine is paralyzed. I'm fine with horror movies having happy endings, but not everybody should have a happy ending. Our main character. Nah, he's fine. Well, he did kill like five people, so. Exactly. It, it's punishment. I guess. It, but it, it definitely reinforces that this is a comedy. <laughs> that was not a horror movie ending. That was definitely a comedy ending. Oh, yeah. And All then right. credits. And then credits. And then credits. And then credits. Yep, so let's get into some categories here because... Okay, I'll go first. Seth Green as Mick. You know, he had the better line delivery, and he's the funniest person on there, and that's pretty much about it. And for worse, Tanya for sheer annoyance. Actually, I I agree with Seth Green as the standout. (laughs) But he's given the best lines. I I will say this, though. Gotta give props to Devin Sawa because all the scenes with his hand, that's just him acting. Yeah. There's no nothing controlling the hand. It's just him with his hand doing all that. So, no, but there's some scenes where he has to try to cut the hand and the hand's moving and stuff like that and all this stuff. So, there's a lot of... Basically, what I'm saying is there's a lot of physical humor he has to do in the movie that not anybody can just pull just off. Just like Bruce Campbell had to pull off in Evil Dead 2. Yeah. And, like, basically, Devin Sawa, he by far has the most impressive actual performance. Seth Green just has to be... The funniest person in the whole damn movie. He has to give one-liners. Oh, yeah. But he's given the best lines to give. So I'm going to change mine to Devin Sawa because his physical comedy is on point. The worst for me, Vivek A. Fox. First of all, why is she in this movie? Just get somebody else. She's there to be there? I I don't know. She's just too over the top. I think she felt like, okay, this is a B-movie. But her playing it straight, I think, would have worked better than just being so over the top. 
Because I still have to believe that she's actually a, a nun, uh, <laughs> whatever she is. I have to believe that still. And I don't buy it. I do buy I do buy her being in on the credit card scam, though. Yeah, well. Yeah, so. Anyway, it's the next is best scene. Uh... Wow, best scene? I'm going to go with the opening scene. I think the movie peaks in the first five minutes. And that's never a good thing, by the way. I mean, the thing about the movie is that that opening scene, like, you think you're in line for a really good horror movie based on that opening scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, literally, there's, like, suspense. There's a decent amount of gore. It's a good buildup. It gives you, actually, a Halloween vibe because you cut to the outside in the credits and you have, like, the Halloween decorations. That opening scene is fantastic. It's just, it's almost like an opening scene for a different movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, that does not lead into the tone for the rest of the movie at all. Yeah. Oh, well, see, this, this one's a hard one for me because as much as I enjoy this movie... I didn't really find any scene a standout scene to me. Well, if you hate Tanya, maybe that may be her getting <laughs> destroyed. Even though it made no damn sense. You know what? You got to pick something, man. Okay, fine. Best scene is the scene that happens right after Fifa Fox kills the hand with Jessica Alba and Devin Sawa and the car crushing them. Because uh-huh. I got a major chuckle out of that one. You know what's funny about that was... It was unplanned, wasn't it? Seth Green's line. He was like, sweet Jesus. That's just (laughs) like, I remember like in high school, no middle school, I think for like a week after the movie, I was like, I was always being like, sweet Jesus. And the fact that they caused it too. (laughs) They got to be the most useless characters, but is there something plot wise or character wise Mm. that you wish would have been more explored? The demon. The demon hat. Yes. I would like to, like, what is the demon hand's name? What exactly does it want? It doesn't need a name, per se. What is it's the a, name? What is a it, demon. What is its motive? Does it, is it have any real connection to Satan, or is it just a random-ass demon that's having fun? They try to give it a purpose by saying at the end, it's, I guess, so I guess the idea is that it's coming to find someone to take back to hell so with the them. So pro- the problem with throwing in plot device, plot summaries at the end is that no one cares at that point everyone just wants to get the movie done they've been sitting there for an hour and a half they just want to see how the movie ends they don't care about any more plot at that point easy way to make that to improve that is that when you first see vivica at the beginning movie or when she's talking to randy then she brings it up like He's here to find somebody to bring back to hell. Yes. And then the rest of the movie, we're thinking it's Devin Sawa, but then you can see him then as he's taking more of a liking to Jessica Alba, then that's like the twist that he's after her. Yes. That easily improves the whole movie because now there's stakes throughout the movie and there's an easy plot to follow. This movie has no plot until the last 10 minutes they try to give it stakes. I'll say this. I would have liked to seen... So one thing that doesn't really happen is I would like to seen the hand, the demon hand interact more with the zombie friends there's something interesting there about how the demon hand would react to them that's not ever really played basically it never interacts with them it's literally al- with it's a- al- you know what it's almost like it's two different movies though because like they're so far on the comedy side and the demons on the horror side so like they can't interact but it's interesting to see like does the demon try to kill them does he realize they're already dead do they care because they're never at all scared about the hand the whole movie because they're dead I know, but it it kind of like, like mean, every scene they're in basically has no tension because they're in it. <sighs> they're too comedic almost. And them interacting with the hand would have been just interesting to see how that plays out. Like maybe the hand tries to kill them 
And they're like, dude, hand, you know we're already dead, right? <laughs> Just something funny could have been done well, there. Well, it tells me that, to be honest, I think I have a small answer to that. And that's the fact that it doesn't give a shit about them no more. As you said, it's all, they're already dead. The hand probably knows it and knows this. And the one time they could have had an interaction of hand versus them is when they opened up the microwave. It just yeah. flies the fuck out. The hand flies out. It's like, fuck y'all. But it's just weird. It's just funny. I just, I just yeah, I mean, it, I would have liked one, just one scene with them interacting. The worst scene, either the two, the kiss people in the car or the principal. Only because I, they're just, they have nothing to do with the movie. It's just like literally to pad out the runtime. So for me, the worst scene I'd have to say is that fight scene between Fifigay Fox and Devin Sawa. Again, as much as it's fun to watch, it's funny. It's fucking stupid that she would just go straight at him with a knife. She says, and she's so dramatic. She says, "Die," <laughs> and doesn't even even think about, you know, because when she first goes up to the person who last had this uh, affliction, she looked dead at the hand and said, "Well, that's not him no more." She didn't. She acts first before thinking. Exactly. Whereas in the, had she killed him. And then looked down and saw the no hand there. She would have basically felt like a complete idiot. Exactly. She would have killed the again, guy for no reason. Again, for me, that's the worst thing. She's almost like she reminds me of actually Creighton Duke, a less a less cooler Creighton Duke. You mean a less efficient? Because Creighton Duke had the special knife, and also had all the backstory of Jason. And she has the special knife, and she has all the backstory of the demon hand. Well, the only diff- the only problem is he knew what he was doing. Well, he was a competent character. Yeah. She, pretty sure she is in the wrong state. So <laughs> she couldn't even put the map together right. So. Right. Well, here we get the final eliminated character. Me, it'd be Randy. He did nothing this whole damn movie. There's no reason for him to be in this movie. They could have easily... I think he should... I, I like him in the movie, but he should have died. That's the easy death scene. Right, and they and they could have easily put together idle hands, make the or the devil's play things, throw hearing some random person on the street say it. No, no, it's fine if he's gonna Or maybe die. the parents say it. If he's gonna die, it's fine, but the movie by letting him live and letting Vivica live, you're establishing basically that all the main characters are safe. Exactly. They all have plot armor. So we have death scenes, but all the death scenes are useless trivial characters and, and the two, always a bad sign again the two main characters that die come back to life yeah and if you kill randy at least in my mind it adds a little bit of stakes because we're like well he felt like a little bit it was just like um in nightmare part two when you uh when they killed uh his friend he felt like one of the main characters so it at least elevated the stakes a little bit mm-hmm they should have just killed off uh, Lisa's friend at that point, though. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. They were, <laughs> they were saving that for the bus ride at the end. But I, I feel like Vivica, and especially if you think about it, Vivica and Randy, they don't have any purpose at the end. I know she comes in and throws a knife, but you could have easily had Devin's, someone else gotten the knife and used it. Or hell, even Devin Sawa, again, you, you know, instead of gas chambering the thing, Vivica dies, he picks up the knife, and then... Uh, picks, grabs the damn puppet and shoves the knife right through there. It probably would have been funny because they, someone, Seth Green could have said something about shoving a knife up their ass. Yeah, I can picture a scene where he can, she confronts him in the hallway. They have this fight scene, 
and then she's giving like the plot of like he's gonna take her midnight right and then okay let's go hand drops down onto her cracks her head cracks her neck exactly perfect she's given the plot her purpose has been served and now again the movie's more serious again more stakes but instead, like I said, there's no snakes. Does anybody really think Jessica Alba's going to die at the end? Oh, hell no. Hell no. Everyone, everyone's probably more surprised that her dress rips off. I wasn't. And not she, she was surprised. Notice she, how in the movie, when the it happens... Reaction. She had the proper reaction. When, when it happened, she did. She did, wasn't even... She w- no longer was thinking about her dying. She just looked down at herself and went, seriously? Overall thoughts. Overall thought. Characters were fun to watch. Movie is overall... An enjoyment. Definitely don't be thinking about this in a logical standpoint. Hell no. And you know what? It's probably best if you just go ahead and hit that bong right now before you put this movie up. <laughs> we had to because of the damn podcast, but I <laughs> uh, wish we hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, overall, I'm giving this movie a two out of five or four. Two out of four? Two out of four. It's average. It's fine. I'm probably only going to watch it whenever I feel like watching something stupid. You know, it's a hard movie to podcast about because it it's, already, it's meant to be stupid. It already makes fun of itself. It makes fun of itself. So as much as we can point to the stupidity, they know it's stupid. Now, is it as dumb as they... Do they know how dumb it is as far as when you really think about the stuff that doesn't make sense? I don't know. Um, but I'm going to still go 2.5... Because taken strictly as a comedy, it is funny. If you approach it as a comedy, it's a good comedy. It fails on every single horror movie element you could think of, except the opening scene. Um, and so I feel like Jessica we, Alba was miscast. I feel like we should give but, this three ratings: hmm. comedy, horror, and overall. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm going to say a three for comedy. I get it three stars. But then a 1.5 for horror. And for me, that puts me at basically the 2.5 overall. Right. If you break it down like that, like I said, if you... Okay, let's think about who the audience is. If you are a stoner, you'll love this movie. (laughs) This is a great stoner movie. If you're like looking for a horror movie to watch, nah, stay away. Now, yeah, if you're in the mood for a comedy, you will laugh. As a horror movie person, I can appreciate it because it's a comedy, but it has like the 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 nods to horror movies, the horror elements into in it. Um, and like I said, you did, the characters they're not likable, but they're just fun. So I'm gonna stick with 2.5 overall. I it has it has, the movie has rewatchability. Oh yeah, you can watch it again for sure. Right. So I know I already get said two uh, two for my overall. Pretty much for comedy, I'm gonna agree with you. It's a three. As a comedy, I'm giving it a three. It's fucking hilarious. I, I laugh every single Sweet time. Sweet Jesus! I, watch, I laugh every time I watch this movie. It takes me a while to actually watch the movie again. This is probably my third time watching it in my entire life. Oh. So. <laughs> I need to get the Blu-ray, probably. I have the Blu-ray. Oh, there you Problem go. Problem is, it doesn't come with special features. Are you sure? I'm dead sure. All it has is play movie, setup, scene selection. That is it. Dude, you got robbed because I'm pretty sure the DVD has special features. I did get robbed. Because guess what? I got special features with my American Werewolf in London Blu-ray. Did you get the... Um, you know what it is? There's a damn special edition, I think. Maybe you didn't get the special edition. No, I just got the cheap one. 
All right, well, to compensate, I'll get the one with special features, <laughs> and I'll let you I'll let you borrow that so you can still see the special features. Right. So anyway, I remember the I remember the DVD though having like a behind the scenes, right. the commentary, all that. So, so and then the uh, and as for horror, honestly, with horror, I only give it one, just one half a half a star for the opening scene, half a star for all the references. Yes, and I I think the writer was a fan of horror movies. Yeah. So because there's a lot of good references. So then. If you half that, if you mix those together, the average would be two stars for me. Fair enough. All right, folks. Until next time, if you kill your friends, then be aware they may come back to life to to come after you. Well, no, they're not, because then they'd be bored, too bored to go through the damn tunnel. Well, maybe you have lazy friends, so exactly, and we all do. So, so don't kill your. I'm la- one. Don't kill your lazy friends. Kill your friends who are productive, because they probably will see fit to actually make the walk to the gates of heaven or the gates of hell i'll make the walk to the gates of hell heaven i'm not so sure about you'll be back as a zombie i'm sure so because you like burritos a lot actually, actually no i'm not a big fan of burritos i like general so's chicken and dumplings. you would come back for the general so's i'll come back for the general so's if you got there and you were like hey wait god hold on is there general so's back there nope i can't do it <laughs> all right y'all have a good night and remember don't eat the general so's that's mine you, I had nothing this time. You have you have the whole world <laughs> cornered on market cornered on General Sows? Yes. Nobody can have any? Exactly, unless you buy it from me. Oh. I'm in the black market of General Sows. Go on to our website, letswatchabmovie.com, and leave some feedback, and maybe Nick will send you some General Sows. Allegedly. Probably not. Nope. All right, later. Have a good night.